Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Calvary Live. Jason Vandeveer here with you. Going to be taking your calls, questions, and prayer requests for the next hour here on Calvary Live. So so good to be able to do that. I love uh, these times that we get to have together, and uh, I trust that the Lord is going to do some neat things uh, in all of our hearts here this afternoon as we just talk and discuss my favorite subject. That's the Word of God, uh, your unique questions and and uh, takes on that. If you want to do so, uh, join us on the air, that is. You heard the number there. Let me give it to you again, 303 690 3,000 is the number to call if you want to join me on the air. No matter where you are, that's the number to call, 303-690-3000. And if you prefer to text, there's a separate uh, number for that, 720-336-0897. 720-336-0897 is the text line. And uh, again, one uh, line to text as well, no matter where you're at. Give me a short one-sentence text, your question, prayer request. We'll do as, uh, our, our best to answer as many of those as we can uh, on the air also. Welcome to all of you listening up and down the Front Range, Colorado and Wyoming on Grace FM. And welcome to all our Truth FM listeners in Kentucky, North Carolina and Tennessee. And of course, all our Northeast listeners uh, listening on Hope FM, Maryland, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Welcome to all of you. And um, if you ever miss uh, one of the Calvary Live broadcasts, I want to let you know as well, something that that, uh, some of you are aware of, some of you may not be aware of, you can listen to the podcast on iTunes. Uh, Just uh, type in Calvary Live uh, podcast and uh, you can listen to previous episodes. I think that there's at least... The last time I looked, 300 uh, or so episodes uh, in uh, by date. So you just plug in the uh, uh, or look for the original date of the program that you missed, and you can listen uh, on iTunes there. But uh, great for all of you listening live or those of you listening on a one-week delay on Truth FM or Hope FM. But uh, always welcome to call in live, 303-690-3000. I'm Jason Vandeveer. I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel in Parker, Colorado, and you can get information about uh, our fellowship, Calvary Chapel, Parker.com, CalvaryChapelParker.com, including uh, your next opportunity to join us if you're going to be in the Parker, Colorado area, and that's tonight for our midweek service, 7 p.m., and again, you can go to CalvaryChapelParker.com and uh, get directions. We're in the heart of Parker, Parker Road and Main Street are our closest cross streets. Excuse me, and uh, you can uh, join us. We're going to continue with our look. Well, we just began looking last week in the book of First Samuel at uh, the reign of King Saul. Of course, First Samuel deals with three main characters. If you're dividing the book up, you have the title character Samuel. He's covered in well, he's 
in uh, features throughout the book, but primarily in the first eight chapters. And then we switch over to King Saul, and we'll be in chapters 11 and 12 tonight where we see the kingdom of Saul established. But a very interesting uh, subtopic that we find in that passage is, uh, you know, what do we do when we make a mistake? In other words, sometimes as we're serving the Lord, we, we uh, while we seek not to make mistakes, while we seek not to to uh, move forward in the flesh, um, you know, sometimes we, we we don't do things the way that the Lord wants us to do them. Sometimes we know that we're doing them uh, the wrong way, and, and, and you can't always go back. And Israel found themselves in a situation where they couldn't go back. In other words, they couldn't undo the mistake of asking for a king. Uh, but God in his grace... Uh, is going to declare to them that he will use this new scenario, even though it wasn't his desire. Um, but there were certain things that that uh, that they could do uh, in order to move forward effectively, having made a mistake. We're going to talk about those, and and uh, a lot of people, I'm sure, can relate, having done something that they shouldn't have done, having been in a situation where they can't go back. How do you move forward in the Lord? How how do you allow the Lord to redeem those kinds of situations? So that'll be our subject tonight, Calvary Chapel Parker, 7 p.m., and uh, as I said, we'll be in 1 Samuel chapter 11 and 12. If you're not able to join us tonight, you can join us on Sunday morning. We'll be continuing in the book of Judges, the 17th chapter of the book of Judges, looking at a man named Micah, and uh, and really these are the, the chapters through the end of the book of Judges there that really deal with the spiritual climate during the time of the Judges, and, and uh, we'll have a message entitled Priest Maker, uh, where Micah is... Uh, uh, establishing his own priest and his own priesthood, counter and contrary to uh, what God had already established. And so we'll be looking at that on Sunday morning. Going to be a fascinating study, great opportunity to uh, to worship with us, to get into the Word of God. If you're going to be uh, in the area, you live in the area, we've got uh, children's ministry, youth ministry, uh, young adults, uh, empty nesters, all sorts of different things, women's ministry, all sorts of different things happening at Calvary Chapel Parker that you can take advantage of, and uh, we just encourage you to do so. But how about taking advantage of this program, 303-690-3000, and let's go to Jessica in Denver. Jessica, welcome to the program. Hi, thank you, Pastor. How are you? I'm well, how are you? I'm doing really well. Thanks for joining me. What's uh, What's on your mind? I was just curious. I'm new to reading um, the Word. I was raised in a church, but we didn't read the Bible together, and so I'm just still kind of unpacking it, Um, one of which is trying to understand the role, um, the roles in the relationship between a man and a woman, and Mm -hmm. I just have kind of a distorted uh, image of that in my personal upbringing. So I was just wondering if you had any kind of counselor advice on the best places to seek that. Um, from my personal experience, I just have, um, my mom was in and out of marriages growing up, so I didn't really understand the responsibilities or the roles of a male in a relationship. So I've always been very independent and kind of carrying my own, um, and my own weight. And so I'm just, I know it says to submit to both, you know, both parties need to submit to one another, but I guess I'm just kind of, I'm still trying to understand, like, how to strengthen my role as a female in a relationship 
and to honor the male and what that looks like, I guess. Right. Well, the best, so, you know, one of the best places to go, um, I'm going to give you a few passages and then we'll go and spend some time uh, on on the more prominent of the two. There's uh, there's Colossians chapter 3 uh, and then there's uh, Ephesians the 5th chapter. And, and in Ephesians the 5th chapter, beginning in the 22nd verse um, through uh, the end mm-hmm. of the chapter there, through verse 33, there's just a, 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 a great passage um, with encouragement for, for men and women in marriage. Um, it begins, obviously, with the wives. It talks about what you mentioned, submission to husbands. Um, but the key there is as to the Lord. And so, so the model is, you say, well, what is, what is submission? Well, well it, what it is is it's, I'm, I'm recognizing the leadership role of a godly husband as I recognize, you know, the, the Lord's leadership and, and love mm-hmm. in, in my life. He talks about the husband, you know, being the head of the wife. Christ is the head of the church, the Savior of the body. And so he goes on, and, and then he talks to the, the husbands to love your wives as Christ loved the church. And he goes on talking about that sanctification that takes place right. through the washing of the water of the Word. So a great passage there. Um, and, and uh, you know, I think that, that the key there is is just doing it the Lord's way. You know, we can, I can relate to, to your experience <clears throat> of, you mm. know, not... Uh, not everybody has, the, you know, uh, always earthly examples of, of, you know, what a marriage should be, right? And so, but that doesn't right. mean, it, it doesn't mean that, uh, you know, that uh, you can't, you know, understand uh, and that you can't uh, do it the Lord's way, you know? In, in other words, I think a lot of people think, well, because I, you know, I grew up in a broken home or because I experienced a lot of divorce or or, or whatever that, that I'm destined to follow in that in that same path. But um, but the reality is, is that, that that's not the case. You know, you can choose. You can right. look at what the scripture has to say about it and you can say, you know what, that's that's how I choose uh, to do it. And uh, right. there's a great there's a great summary verse um, in in verse 33 uh, of Ephesians 5. He says, uh, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. And so we see really two fundamental, obviously everybody needs to be loved, but um, but to husbands, a special encouragement, you know, love your wives and to wives, you know, respect uh, your husband. And so many issues tend to uh, fall along those lines of love uh, and respect. So when you take mm-hmm. those things, it doesn't have to be real complicated. I guess that, that's mm. that's what I would share with you is is that you know marriage isn't you know you, and no, this is no disrespect to anybody else or their ideas on marriage or you know any any of the other things that you may have read from a Christian perspective on marriage. But um, but marriage doesn't have to be a lot of work. You know what yeah. I mean? When 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 we walk in the Spirit, it's kind of like saying, well, being a Christian is a lot of work. Not if I'm doing it right, you know. If I'm walking mm-hmm. in the Spirit, um, the Bible says that 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 it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, also in Ephesians, contrasted or uh, in Galatians rather, also contrasted with the work of the flesh. And so it's the difference between a tree and a factory, a tree that just naturally brings forth fruit, and a factory that has to grind it out. 
you know, has to, has to, has to stamp it out. And, and I think that the same it, it can be extended to marriage. You can have a, a marriage that is naturally, as both parties walk in the Spirit, bearing fruit. And the singular fruit of the Spirit is love, and there's all these different aspects to that love, as we see. Um, but uh, it, it doesn't have to be this grinding, you know, uh, work, and it doesn't have to be complicated. It's it's really very simple. You know, you love, you respect each other um, as the mm. Lord loves us and as we submit to him and and it's not this thing well where i have to submit to you and you know i'm domineering you know it's none of those kinds of things that sometimes people misunderstand and so um you know that's my encouragement to you take the take the pressure off uh just uh just allow the lord to to do a special work and and enjoy it uh and and do it always his way and and you'll find that uh that it's a blessing mm. That's good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Where are you now? Yes, are you, you are you engaged, uh, married? What's what's what, where where are you at in this this picture? Um. So we're we're dating, and okay. so we've been we've been keeping um our relationship pure, and we're really trying to. This is our first Christ-centered relationship. Okay. Like, understand it both mm-hmm. from both parties, like what it looks like. In yeah. Christ's eyes. Yep. And so it's challenging in, in its own way that way, but it's also been challenging and I guess individually for me, I can't really speak for him, but I I feel um you know, sometimes I'm leading the relationship and I think that's just because it's how it's always been in my private previous relationships. Sure. And I guess in this moment of my life, I do want to be led, and I don't know if that's necessarily his responsibility or role, and so I'm just trying to, you know, yeah, I don't want to put an expectation on him if that's not, you know, and to put this pressure on him and mm-hmm. or myself or anything like that. So I, I, I'm just trying to choose, choose through a new way of living, right, in terms yeah. of this relationship as well. So it's it, all a journey. It's, I, yeah, and <laughs> it's very... It's very important that that he he lead because God has called him to that role. Um, but there's mm. a lot there's a lot that you're going to be able to do to help him be a good leader. You know, and, and what what I a lot of times people say, well, what makes a great leader? And and one of the the key components of a great leader is great followers. You, you know, I mean, mm. uh, uh, you know, great people behind a, a great leader can can make an average leader a great leader so so you're going to be able to do a lot to help him uh be the be the leader that god has called him to be by by being uh the uh the woman that god has called you to be and 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 you know people get the wrong idea too you know they well you know some this person's the leader and i'm not the leader and this and that and they start Mm. thinking about ideas of superiority and inferiority and 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 it's and it's nothing like that i mean uh, you know, there there have been a lot of people that uh, you know, in in their own giftings, may have been superior to the people that that were leading them. But but it was a matter of the the roles that 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 God called them to. And uh, and, and you know, I just look at uh, at at my own wife and the, and and the in in my life and and just you know what a help uh she's been to me um because she's been somebody that that has helped me uh do what God has called me to do better and so mm. um i think that that uh that that you're going to be that kind of person and i would encourage you um are you are you plugged into a a, a church and where you're you're studying the word of god together 
Uh, we both lead Bible studies individually. Uh-huh. Um, so, and we both attend the same church, but um, not together. We haven't done anything together. So, I yeah, I, I have probably. a couple. Yeah, I'd have a, I have a couple of suggestions for you. Um, the first is is that uh, outside of church that you guys begin reading the Bible together. Um, so, you know, if you're, uh, you know, in the morning, maybe you can FaceTime or call each other, or if you meet for coffee or something, if you're nearby each other, um, sit down and start reading the Word of God together. Uh, Either start in the Old Testament, start reading through the Scriptures, or start in the New Testament and just in Matthew and start just reading maybe a chapter together uh, a day, praying together. Um, I would also seek out in your church if they have a premarital counseling program program um, and 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 okay. just ask the pastors or the pastor um, you know would you spend some time with us uh, and meet with us as we get ready you know for marriage and and you know and just encourage us uh, you know help us prepare uh, for that the, the other thing I, I there's a great book um, you might enjoy it's uh, by mm. a, a great author his name is Ravi Zacharias if you've never okay. read anything by Ravi Zacharias it's R-A-V-I um, and then Z A C H A R I A S might be a double C. I'm trying to remember the spelling of his name, but uh, uh, he okay. r- wrote a book on marriage uh, uh, from one of my favorite stories in the Bible, and that's Isaac and Rebecca. And it's called uh, "I Isaac Take Thee Rebecca," and uh, mm. uh, just a great, uh, uh, I love uh, scriptural examples, uh, uh, you know, to to kind of guide us through the things that we do every day, especially something as important as marriage. Um, so you might sit down and 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 sure. read through that and and discuss. Uh, that as well as you as you prepare uh, to get married, but then as I said, just spending some time in in Ephesians, uh, the fifth chapter as well, I think will be a great encouragement to you. Wow! Yeah, that sounds good. That's, okay, that's really good. I mean, thank you so much, Pastor. I appreciate it. You bet. And uh, if you are gonna be, I'm gonna be at Denver Calvary. Uh, if you are in the area, on preaching on Sunday, September ninth. So if you're oh, going to be in yeah if you're going to be in the area and you want to come by and say hello I'll be uh, guest speaking uh, for a uh, pastor uh, Louis Cruzado at uh, Denver Calvary uh, like I said Sunday uh, September 9th. Oh yeah, we'll definitely stop by. That'd be great. Thank you so much pastor. I appreciate it. You betcha Jessica. God bless you and uh, give Thank us a call back uh, as yeah as you guys go on give us any one of the pastors here a call back and and uh, let us encourage you as you need it. That's great. Thank you so much. Have a blessed day. You as well. Thank you. Folks, uh, 303-690-3000 is the number to call if you want to join me on the program. 303-690-3000. Got a text question here. It says, if we're saved by grace and not works, then how can I uh, interpret Matthew 6, uh, 15 and 16 in the text where it says, the sexually immoral cannot inherit the kingdom of God? I know that scripture interprets scripture, so I need some clarification. Well, let's take a look over uh, at Matthew 6, uh, verses 15 and 16. It's a great passage. We actually uh, had a little bit of a discussion. We didn't have time to get into it too much uh, last week. Uh, we were talking about uh, salvation um, by grace through faith versus works. 
season actually with Charlie, and we uh, were talking about a, a, a verse a little bit later on in, in that same passage. But in Matthew 6, verses 15 and 16, uh, it says, If you don't forgive men their trespasses, neither will God uh, forgive you. Let me check and make sure I got that passage right, because it doesn't seem like uh, uh, what you're referring to is in these particular verses here, um, but uh, maybe it is later on or in a different point of that passage. Um, but uh, to answer the question specifically, regardless of uh, which verse it is in that passage, is you know how do we reconcile grace uh, and works? Of course, Ephesians chapter two verses eight and nine tells us that we're saved uh, by grace through faith, not of works, not of ourselves, uh, but it is the gift of God, lest anyone should boast. In Romans 11, Paul makes it very clear that when you add works to grace, that grace is no longer grace. And when you add grace to works, that works are no longer works. In other words, by definition, those uh, those two things cannot be melded together. So what we realize in Scripture is, is that we are saved uh, by grace through faith, not by good works, but we are saved for good works. Uh, and the Scripture makes that very clear. And so, in other words, a, a life of, of good works is uh, our destiny. Uh, a life of good works follows uh, a life of true faith. And so uh, we're saved. There's nothing that we can add to our salvation. Jesus Christ uh, said on the cross, it is finished in the Greek to telestai, which means uh, literally paid in full. And so your debt was paid in full. Jesus didn't make a down payment that, that you, you know, he didn't put your salvation, as I like to say, on layaway, and you have to pay it off with your good works. There's nothing that you can add to your salvation. You are saved when you place your faith, your belief, your trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. But having been saved, you have been saved for good works. In other words, uh, when you truly recognize what Jesus has done for you, how can you not want to follow him? How can you not want to live for him? How can you not desire to do uh, what he calls you to do? And so that is the relationship. That is why James, uh, in his wonderful epistle, says, show me your faith without your works. In other words, God can see your faith without your works. Uh, you can uh, see your faith in your heart without your works, but no one else practically can see your faith without your works. So then works become the demonstration and identifier uh, of true faith, something tangible that the world can actually see, but they flow out of your faith. Uh, they don't produce salvation. I hope that clears it up a little bit. It's a great topic, something that is often misunderstood. Appreciate the text question there. 303-690-3000. Let's go to Ryan in Denver. Ryan, welcome to the program. Hey, Ryan, welcome. Uh, How yeah, I'll have to get out there to Parker to see you sometime. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, I'd love and make sure uh, make sure you say hello and 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 uh, love to meet you. Okay, thanks. Yeah, um, I was driving. Can you read Genesis uh, one sixteen? Just a short verse. Yeah. So uh, to give the listeners and us an idea of what it is. Yeah, exactly. So Genesis chapter one verse sixteen. Um, talks about God creating two lights: the greater light to rule the day, the lesser light to rule the night, and then the stars. Uh, also created 
uh, or the description of their created uh, uh, their creation in that verse. Yeah, now is that actually controversial in any way? Because how it talks about him creating two lights. And yeah, the sun actually is the one light, and then the moon doesn't have, doesn't produce any light. Yeah, uh, so it's a, it's a reflection of the sun. Right, and 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 you might hear uh, I. You know, I'm trying to think. I've I've run across so many so many things that that people you know from time to time that they want to criticize. I'm sure at some point um, I've come across a, a a criticism of that nature. Uh, what I what I would say is this: when I come across things like that, and there are multiple things like that in in the Bible. Um, for example, people try to say, "Well, the the Bible teaches a um, you know a geocentric philosophy. In other words, a, a philosophy that the Earth is the center of the universe. The Bible teaches uh, flat Earth, or they start trying to say all kinds of things that the Bible is unscientific. Um, but what I like to point out to them is is that um, is is that the very people that would criticize something like this in the Bible um, speak uh, in their practical day-to-day language in the same way that the Bible does. Uh, For example, uh, how many people have ever spoken of uh, the light of the moon or the moonlight? You know, here I am out in in the moonlight. Well, the moon doesn't create any light. It's really, as you pointed out, it's sunlight uh, that is is reflected. But in our vocabulary, we we speak in that way. And so that's what the Bible is doing here. It's speaking in such a way um, that people talk, recognizing... Recognizing, you know that 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 there is an understanding that that the light is the, the star is the sun, and 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 that's the producer of the light uh, that we see reflected off of the moon. Okay, sounds good. Thanks a yeah, lot, Jason. You betcha. It's uh, yeah. it, it's a great uh, subject, and like I said, you'll run across others, and and usually the best explanation in those kinds of circumstances is is just it's it's speaking as people speak. Yeah, and I've heard that in other parts of the Bible too. Just, yeah, I, I can't I can't recall off the top of my head. There's a few of them. Some, but yeah, yeah. There's a few of those kinds of criticisms. Uh, I would tell you this. I, I I feel sorry for anybody that that would hang their hat on that as uh, a reason for rejecting the Bible because it's awfully soft. Yeah, you I know. was just going through it because uh, Ken Ham has come into Calvary. Yeah, Aurora. Yeah, and uh, you know he's got the um, presentation on the Book of Genesis and things of that nature. And as I was reading it, just starting from the beginning, I just wanted to uh, just see if there was anything controversial with that. I don't, you know, hang my head on that or anything like sure. that. Sure. So thanks. yeah, you bet. And of course, uh, Ken Ham answers in Genesis the organization that uh, that he leads, and and there are, you know, there are all kinds of things. Uh, that section of scripture is is arguably obviously one of the most you know debated aspects between you know believers and and unbelievers in terms of of, of science um you know origins uh, you know genesis the uh, the bereshit in in the beginning uh, or beginnings uh, it's obviously you know what god says how it all got started but a lot of people have different ideas and so um you know there is a, a lot of discussion that takes place around there and of of course, Ken Ham is uh, one of the premier uh, apologists uh, for uh, for the subject of creation, for young earth uh, creation. I think you're going to really enjoy hearing him speak. Yeah, he started the uh, Creation Museum in the Ark down in Kentucky. So I'm just putting a plug out there for the people to know that that's a big speaker that they were able to get. 
Um, yeah, when when is he? Uh, when is twenty sixth and then twenty seventh for the kids on dinosaurs and things like that. But answers in Genesis, yep. things of that nature. It's you know Saturday night at six p.m. for the twenty fifth of August, and then Sunday morning services and for the same presentation. And, so and that's going to oh, be at Calvary Aurora, right? Yeah, Calvary Aurora on Hampton and. Uh, mm-hmm. Biscay or whatever I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, folks, uh, check that out. Ken Ham answers in Genesis, Calvary Aurora. You said 25th, 26th, 27th? Yeah, free event. Excellent. Well, come check it out. Anybody that hears Ken Ham or has a chance to go to their Answers in Genesis website, uh, thousands of articles there uh, on all sorts of subjects uh, related to the book of Genesis and uh, creation. Ryan, I appreciate you calling us, not only with your question, but but letting folks know uh, about that. Okay, cool. I'll talk to you next time. Yep, talk to you then. Folks, uh, if you want to join me, we've got to take a a short break here at the bottom of the hour, and then we'll be back uh, to get with Bonnie uh, in Maryland. There we'll be taking Bonnie's call next. Anybody else that wants to uh, join us, 303-690-3000. Jason Vandeveer with you here on Calvary Live. Great time to call during the break, 303-690-3000, and uh, we'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And we're back. Jason Vandeveer here with you on Calvary Live. Let's get right to it. We've got some folks waiting. Let's go to Bonnie in Maryland. Bonnie, welcome to the program. Hi, Bonnie. How are you? Yeah, um... I uh been out of work for a year and um I just wanted to know like um I go to church every Sunday morning and Sunday school but um I'm curious about um um getting a job but um but I'm afraid um I keep telling the employers I need Sunday morning off for God's word and mm-hmm. They seem like uh, God's not blessing me. It seems like I'm just going back and forth. Yeah. Well, I think that that's a a, a very important commitment to make, and I believe that God is going to honor yeah. that that commitment if you say, "Look, you know, I I'm going to worship the Lord uh, on Sunday morning, and then pretty much uh, any other time you need me, uh, I'm going to be available." And, you know, even, uh, you know, in our family, some of our, you know, younger members of the family have, you know, worked in the afternoon on Sunday or or whatever. But, you know, they try to even not do that. But even even then, you know, that's something you can say to your employer, look, I'll. I'll show up at noon or, or, or whatever the case is, but I'm just going to go yeah. worship the Lord in the morning. And I think that, uh, at least in my experience, even if you're dealing with unbelievers, um, they, they'll respect that. Um, if you tell somebody, oh. look, 
if you tell somebody, look, in a, in a, in a work week, uh, you know, uh, there's just a couple of hours uh, that I'm not going to give you. So out of 168 hours uh, in a work week, uh, there's two hours that I can't give you. The other 166 uh, are yours. You know, uh, uh, basically, uh, I need 1.2% uh, of the work week uh, for the Lord, and the rest of it you can choose from and, and put me on the schedule. I think that, that not only are they going to work with you at a lot of places, but they're going to respect that. And so I would encourage okay. you to to keep that commitment um, because what you'll find is what what does it matter if you if you get a job but if you're if if you're starved out and uh, spiritually you know if you don't have that opportunity yeah. to be refreshed and encouraged in the Lord. Yeah, so I did that in 2016 when I worked for Starbucks. You uh-huh. know I I went um, and uh, and I didn't go to church for nine months and I was miserable. Yeah. You you feel it after a week. I I feel it, you know, if there's if there's in, if there's been a time, you know, a, a few days, you know, and then Sunday rolls around you're like, "Oh, I need to be in the word. I need to 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 uh be in fellowship. I need to be able to worship the Lord. I need to be serving uh the Lord." You begin to feel it, you know. And so uh that's yeah. why it's 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 so important, you know, for us as believers as as it says the author of Hebrews tells us not forsaking the assembling uh, of ourselves, especially as we see the day approaching, um as we see uh, the Lord uh and 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 the day of the Lord and the rapture of the church approaching, we we don't want to fellowship less. We want to fellowship more. And so I would just encourage you, uh, Bonnie, stick stick with that. And uh, we're going to pray okay. before you go. And I believe the Lord's going to bless you with a job. Okay, thank you. You bet. Let's pray. Father, we just lift up Bonnie right. right now. And Lord, I just thank you for her. I thank you for the commitment that you put in her heart. I pray that she wouldn't waver from it. And I pray, Lord, that you would give her favor uh, with, uh, with all she needs is one job. And I pray that you'd give her a great job. And that you'd give her a great employer and a great boss and um, and that she would be a tremendous employee and an example that you would give her uh, opportunities Sundays and Wednesdays or whatever, uh, midweek even, that her church uh, gathers together, that she'd be able to worship then as well uh, and and that she would just be able to uh, uh, take care of herself and that you would provide through that, uh, that you would bless her. Lord, we know that she's been out of work for a long time now. Lord, I pray that you'd strengthen her through this a little bit longer and that you'd provide for her. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much. Have a blessed day. You as well, Bonnie. Take care. 303-690-3000. Let's go to Jade right here in Parker. Jade, welcome to the program. Hey, it's actually Cade with a K. (laughs) Uh, I know a Cade. How's it going, Cade? Yeah, it's a Cade, you know. Hey, what's on your mind, bud? Hey, uh, nothing too much. There was a guy that I was working with today, you know, and I just made some mentions about a few things, um, you know, out of the Bible. And so he tried to, you know, do give the original arguments or whatever that they usually pose. And so, like, mm-hmm. I made a mention of, um, you know, unclean animals in the Old Testament, but now in the New Testament there's multiple times that it says it's basically not a requirement. Like, yeah, you can follow that, but it's not something you have to follow. Right, it's not sinful, and so he was trying to say, well, then you know, both testaments or one or the other is false, then because they contradict each other. You know, it's not the same thing or whatever. Like it's saying one thing in one, one thing in the other. Yeah. So my response was, you know, 
uh, well, you know, God can change something if he wants to, you know. So if maybe back then it was requirement, but, you know, now, you know, in yeah. the New Testament it's not. So, I mean, I didn't have a very good answer. I didn't know how to answer yeah. that very well. And then I, just a couple other things. He said, well, how do you know that, you know, what you're following is the right thing? What if, you know, maybe the Muslims got it right or maybe the Catholics got it right? And I said, well, we believe that, you know, the Bible is God's word, you know, mm-hmm. uh, written by man, but it was God's spoken or, you know, um, breathed word, uh, or however you say that. Yep, no, that's exactly right. so that's right. what yeah. we believe, is we believe the Bible, and believe the Bible's God's word, and that Jesus is the only way, you know, to be saved, and so he's mm-hmm. like, well, I guess we won't know till we die, and I was like, <laughs> well, you know, yeah. I would rather, you know, die and, uh, for the good instead of find out that, you know, that I was wrong for the bad, and so... Yep. Yeah, you know, the, some of the toughest. You're doing a great job, uh, by the way, of of answering people and uh, uh, and and what I admire about you and uh, what a lot of our other listeners maybe don't know about you is is that you know you're out there every day uh, having these difficult conversations with people and some of the most difficult conversations to have with people are people who are uneducated uh, about the Bible but don't recognize it. In other words, uh, if someone says, you know, well, why don't we have to keep the dietary laws if it says that in the Old Testament, isn't that a contradiction? What what they don't realize is is when they ask the question, um, sometimes, you know, when you ask certain things, you reveal a lot, and they reveal that they just don't understand the subjects that they're asking about. The dietary laws uh, are, are in the Old Testament, and they're given to a specific group of people as part of God's covenant with the nation of Israel prior to the coming of Jesus Christ, and and no more. They they only uh, were for a period of time and for a specific set of people, not even for 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 uh, uh, others in that particular period of time or or before that period of time. For example, uh, Abraham wasn't under the the uh, the the dietary laws. Um, and because he came before, and yet he is the, the predecessor. We come afterwards. So is the earlier part of the Old Testament in contradiction? No, it's, but it, it just shows that someone who, who hasn't even really read what they're asking about. And, and so what we understand is, is that the dietary laws were part of a covenant relationship that God had with the nation of Israel. And the dietary laws, like everything else in, in um, the Old Covenant, pointed forward uh, and had their ultimate fulfillment in Jesus Christ, which is why... Uh, in Colossians 2.16, and and if you have a follow-up conversation uh, with your friend and you're able to discuss it more, it, why Paul says in Colossians 2.16, he says, let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath or Sabbaths, which are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance is of Christ. And so the point that he makes is those were just a shadow. Now we have the real thing. That was the old covenant, Jesus Christ ushered in the new covenant. They're not in contradiction to one another. One was always meant to be temporary, fulfilled by Jesus Christ. And when you have Jesus Christ, you don't need the shadow. Okay, and so after Jesus Christ comes, then the kind of that old covenant and the food dietary laws kind of went away because after Jesus came. 
all passed away. In fact, none of that is reiterated in the New Testament. As I pointed out, it's actually, uh, you know, it's actually nullified uh, for the believer at that point because there's a misunderstanding for anybody who would want to keep or think they need to keep those things. And there's quite a few of them today that want to. There's a misunderstanding of who that was for and when it was for them. Right. Yeah, yeah, there is a lot of them. Um, I'm trying to think of what else he said. So, you know, yeah. he was trying to say, well, you know, how do you know if the Muslims, you know, maybe don't have a right or something? How do yeah. you know you have the, you're following the right thing, that you're the right mm-hmm. religion or whatever? And then we had a whole discussion about, yeah. you know, is it really a religion or not? I said, yeah, I mean, I guess it's kind of a religion because we go to church, we you know gather together, so it kind of looks like, yeah. you know, it's a religion, Christian. But, um, and of course, that's I was a- like, you know, we're not following man-made traditions or whatever, you know, if they just come up with something and say it's something we need to do, if it's not really in the Bible, then that's something we don't, you know, we're not following man-made religion. And that's a different that's a different discussion as well. And and you know, how do you know you have the truth someone else has a lie? Well, you know, there there are several things. What what I would point to is is that we have uh the word of God and there is internal and there is external evidence to to the power and the truth and the veracity uh, of the word of God. In other words, there's fulfilled prophecy, there's fulfilled prophecy not only concerning Jesus Christ, but concerning uh historical events. There's there's, there's what the Bible tells me. If I live this way, there's going to be a result. And then lo and behold, I discover that result in my own life. Then I just see uh, the work of the Holy Spirit in my own life. So there's there's external uh, evidence. Uh, there's internal evidence in the Scripture. Then there's then there's the changed lives uh, of of millions uh, of people throughout history, including myself and including yourself. And so um, there's there's right. a there's a whole great discussion that can be had. Well. How do you know what uh, what the truth is? Well, you take a look. Uh, I would encourage anybody. You take a look and and you weigh the evidence. You weigh the evidence. Is the Bible uh, the Word of God? If it is the Word of God, uh, and you come to that conclusion, then uh, then you know that you have the truth. And of course, there's a lot of great uh, resources out there in that regard as well. Right. Okay. Yeah, and every time I've tried to you know say that um, you know that there's you know a lot of prophecies fulfilled and historical and archaeological evidence and all that stuff, they always try to say, well, yeah, eventually everything's going to happen at some point in time. If you give it enough time, I'm like... Yeah, but so, not, that's, that's not you know, how... They the... always have something, you know. But... Yeah, and again, you know, you can't have a an intelligent discussion with someone who doesn't bother to read uh, the the key resource on the subject matter and to know uh, what they're talking right. about. And so at that point, you maybe suggest, hey, look, you know, we, you know, you got to say it a nice way. I mean, obviously, you don't want to be insulting, but why don't you yeah. re- why don't you read through the New Testament? And as you're doing it, why don't we discuss it? You know, at least that way you're discussing Scripture in context rather than just having these philosophical arguments with someone who's never even bothered to read it, um, you know, who, right. who's getting their information from the Internet. You know, uh, right. it, 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 it's quite unproductive, unfortunately. And uh, so, you know, but if you can get somebody reading the Scripture, then the Holy Spirit has an opportunity to work in their lives, and you can have some really intelligent, great conversations. You may not always have the answer, but you say, hey, let me go back and research that. Let's let let's you know let's meet up. We'll talk more later and be praying for him. Yeah. Okay. So, what was the scripture you told me earlier? Was it Second uh, uh, Colossians or Colossians yeah. two sixteen and seventeen? 
And that's Second Colossians. Um, no, just Colossians chapter two. So there's there's only yep, just Colossians oh. chapter. Yep, you got it. Oh, and, okay. Uh, Sorry, yep. I thought I just heard like a second. I wasn't even paying attention to if there's a first or second Colossians. My bad. No, no problem. Oh. Just just the one book of Colossians is all we have, and it's the second chapter, the sixteenth and seventeenth verse. Second chapter and sixteen and seventeen. Yep. It's, all right. Okay. Second. 16, okay. Sounds good. God bless you, my friend. Good talking to you. Thanks for calling in, Cade. Thanks. God bless you. See you soon, bud. Take care. 303-690-3000. Let's go to Joseph in Baltimore. Joseph, welcome. Thank you for having me. Appreciate you guys. Thank you, and thanks for calling us all the way from uh, from beautiful Baltimore there. Sunny and hot, but it's it's good. That's East Coast in August, right? Oh yeah, extremely hot this 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 summer for some reason, but it's fine. Yeah, they they just hit a hundred degrees the other day for the first time in recorded history in Glacier, Montana. I guess the I name, yeah, the name kind of gives it away, Glacier, uh, <laughs> and yet it was a right. hundred degrees. So all sorts of uh, interesting things going on. Hey, what what uh, what causes you to give us a call today? I listen to your show when I can because generally when I'm at work, but I really don't have a question. I just want to hear your perspective. I know where mine is from a biblical. I'm a buff for prophecy. It's one of the gifts that the Holy Spirit has blessed me with, so I consume everything biblical that I can find. And my Mm -hmm. question is, as I read books like Daniel, the book of Revelation, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, the prophetic passages, I can see where the events um, leading up to the return of our Lord, have exponentially sped up. And then it took me back to where he says in the Gospels that this will be the generation who will see his return when you start to see these <clears throat> excuse me, these signs. And I can't help but feel like we are that gen- generation who will see the return of our Savior. Yeah, you know, um, I I am inclined, as well as I think uh, a lot of other uh, Bible teachers and Christians and believers and students of the Scripture and prophecy as yourself, uh, I believe that uh, that Jesus Christ is coming soon. And and I believe that that uh, every generation of believers. Let's first talk about what historically believers have believed. You know, I believe that that the disciples believed that Jesus Christ was going to return very soon, and right. I believe that every generation since has believed that. And I believe that that's by design, because believing. Yeah. If I can just inject what you just said, because I was there for a minute, but then I thought about it. I said, but mm-hmm. we are the only generation who has the ability to destroy mankind a hundred times over. These yeah. previous generations didn't have that. Yeah, and I don't disagree. Let me let me let me kind of uh you know fully explore that line and then let me come back to you because uh, I okay. I have a feeling I have a feeling we agree. I believe that, that as I said every generation believes in the imminent return of Jesus Christ. I believe mm-hmm. that that's b- by design because it changes the way that you live. Yes, however, sir. however when we look at, at 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 prophecy, a lot of the things that that are happening during our day weren't fulfilled in those generations. Correct. I, b- I believe that there are things that just weren't revealed to them that they believed, right. but but there are certain mysteries that have been revealed, uh, as the Bible says, uh, in the church age, uh, right. in the New Testament era, that that they just weren't even even uh, uh, aware of, at least at the beginning of that period of time. And so uh, and so when we look at those things, um, right. and, and 
Jesus said, you know, when you uh, 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 when you you uh, look at the, the the sunset, you can like a sailor, you can tell if there's going to be a storm the next day. You sure and, can, yeah. And 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 so he he he. The point he was making is is that you can look at the things going on around you in your environment, and you right. can ascertain certain things in his in that context prophetically. And Correct. and I believe that that's what you're doing, and I believe that you're 100 percent right about that. And as we look at it, I, I, the only thing that we can see in Scripture that is left to take place is the rapture of the church. That um, is it. Everything That's else, it. Ezekiel uh, chapter 37 has happened, the rebirth oh, yeah. of the nation of yep. Israel. Uh, yep. We have in conjunction with the rapture of the church, then Ezekiel 38 and 39, the Magog invasion just before, and probably just countries after. countries aligning themselves in the Middle East that are prophesied in Daniel. Exactly. Exactly. So, so when I look at all these things, I'm not setting a date. I'm not that crazy, and sure, I'm not going to be yeah. that disobedient. You can see where these things have lined up, and they're happening faster and faster and faster. And I think yeah. a lot, it's just sad to say, a lot of our, our church members, if you ask them about this, they're totally dumbfounded. And I said, well, wait a minute. One of the things the Lord instructed us in the Gospels, was to be aware of these signs, to not yeah. be ignorant. Yeah, and, and we should be aware for two reasons. Number one, it encourages us in our faith. Number two, it causes us to, uh, causes us to want to make sure uh, that other people are prepared, and it inspires yes, us to preach and to share the Gospel yes. with those who have yet to receive Jesus Christ. We don't know the day—Jesus said the right. day or the hour— but right, certainly he encouraged us that we will recognize, he used this mm -hmm. word, the seasons. And so right. as we, we look around us, we can see, uh, as uh, uh, Daniel said, uh, uh, knowledge will increase and, and men true. will go yep. to and fro. And my daughter yep. and, 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 and our family, we were talking about the other day, how every day, just in a day, more information is 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 published uh, than has been published in all previous periods of human history. Tell Just truth, in, a, right. in, in a day, that's how much information is published. New content is published every day uh, because yep. uh, now the, the World Wide Web has made everybody a publisher right. of some content yep. uh, or another. So knowledge is increasing. People are, are going to and fro. And that's just one prophecy uh, yep. concerning— So many of them. Yeah. The yeah, last it, thing I'm it, saying, it's, it's not a yep. question, but you were right in something you said— you alluded to, it'll make us hopefully refocus our lives as believers and try to get those who are lost or on the fringes. And that yep. just happened to me because um, a person had been put in my spirit for days to go and talk to this person because they had been asking me biblical questions. And I told them, I said, I'm no authority, but I'll share with you what I know and tell you where to go in your King James Bible and read it for yourself. Well, I spoke to that person today, and that was what was driving me. I said, I don't want this brother to go to hell, and yeah. I have failed in my job because the Lord God has been putting him in my spirit every day. So you're exactly right. Hey, I'm going to get off, but I appreciate you, gentlemen. <laughs> and when I don't get to listen to you every day, but when I can, I try to tune in on 97.5, and you guys have a great show. Please keep it up. Well, listen, I really appreciate you listening on Hope FM there in uh, in Baltimore, uh, Joseph. Thanks so much for calling us, and uh, anytime, love to hear from you. God bless you, my friend.
Thank you, sir. God bless you. Yes, sir. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. Jason Vandiver here with you on Calvary Live. Got just a few minutes left, so if you call uh, right now, we can get you uh, on the air here with us with your prayer request uh, or with your question. I noticed that I had some text questions here. One is, what is the best advice, teaching, uh, or verse uh, to give someone who wants to be baptized? Can anyone that uh, has the Holy Spirit baptize people? Um, Well, first of all, one of my favorite stories uh, about baptism is in uh, around about the eighth chapter uh, of the book of Acts, and it's Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. And, uh, you know, Philip is, uh, uh, finds this guy. The Lord sends him down just to, uh, the wilderness area there to find this Ethiopian on the way back from Jerusalem. His questions weren't answered. He goes back. He's reading the prophet Isaiah in his chariot. Philip comes upon him, shares the gospel with him from that passage. And then they come across some water and, and, and he says, here's some water. What prevents me from being baptized? So Philip had done such a good job of preaching the gospel, uh, that, that this, uh, eunuch, this Ethiopian eunuch wanted uh, to be baptized. I think that all believers should have a desire uh, to be baptized. Uh, and uh, and if you're another believer and and someone uh, wants you to baptize them, uh, you know, there's nothing that says that you need to have a certain piece of paper uh, in order to baptize people or a certain degree or or anything like that. You know, if you have a, a church and they have a baptism coming up and that person wants to be baptized uh, by a, a pastor, great. But, you know, if if uh, they want to be baptized and you got a pool or, or a, a river or something like that and you're a believer and they're a believer and, and, and the Lord would you, use you to baptize them, then, then my encouragement encouragement to you uh, is to uh, is to go for it that the Lord uh, is going to to use you and uh, I encourage you give us a call share uh, about that uh, with us let's go uh, one more call we can take Judah in Denver Judah welcome to the program thank you first time uh, listening uh, welcome I, uh, I just I have just a couple of minutes so so if you could be as quick uh, getting out what, what you want to say so if uh, if I do need to answer you something I can do that yeah, absolutely. Um, but anyway, so basically my question is, uh, or I just want to talk and follow up to that end times thing, how yeah. so the, the Word says that we are supposed to be aware of the times, mm-hmm. but not of the times, you know, not in the yep. times. So like, because there's been a point in my life when I first became really on fire that it crippled me. Like, mm-hmm. I had no hope for the future. I was like, you know, I'm not even going to get married or have kids. Like, the end is coming. And uh, mm-hmm. so... It's just something I learned last night from uh, John. I, I listened to a lot of John Brevere, and uh, he uh, he explained something, and I guess I could have pulled that up. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I was enjoying your show so much. I've, I've traveled from Michigan to California, moved around Washington, Oregon, and heading back into Colorado because the Lord just kind of got me on a journey here. So well, we're glad you're time. here with us, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and I would agree with you. You know, some people can be debilitated um, by certain things. Uh, but when we truly, as you, as you seem to and as, uh, as Joseph uh, seems to as well, when we clearly understand, you know, what the Lord has shared with us, it, it doesn't cripple us. It doesn't uh, produce a fear in us. Um, it doesn't produce an irrational response. It excites us that our Lord is coming soon for us um, and that uh, our Lord would have us 
to to share that truth with other people who have yet to believe. Um, but it doesn't mean that you know we go sell everything that we have and stand on a hill, uh, as some people mistakenly have, waiting to be raptured. Um, you know there is work to be done. There are things to be done, and right. and, and 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 there is uh, good fruit that the Lord desires to bring forth from your life that may uh, mean marriage, that may mean having children, that may mean a new job or a new career. And so well, I think I think the only person that's going to get that wrong is the person that, that presumes too much uh, uh, concerning those things. I, I completely agree. Yeah, I really, when I, uh, when I really, because I've always been zealous for God since I was 18, but when I really start, like, you know, believed and thought it was a fundamental thing that God loved me, everything really changed. And uh, mm-hmm. so, yeah, he gave me, like, a new excitement for the end times, like, because, you know, to live as Christ and to die as gain. And, yeah. you know, I, I embrace that now in a good way, you know, like. And so, yeah, just, I mean, I appreciate you. Um, yeah. You know, I, I just tuned in, you know, a half hour ago, and I was enjoying the conversation. So <laughs> I just wanted well, to get a part of it somehow. Um, well, listen, yeah, I, I appreciate you so much calling. I think you added a lot uh, to the conversation. I appreciate you taking the time to pick up the phone and dial us up here and, and, and join in with us and, and give us that extra encouragement. Absolutely, brother. Amen. And uh, just, uh, I just pray that the, the Lord continues to bless your ministry and that uh, you continue to uh, lead people in the path of truth and righteousness. Well, listen, Judah, I appreciate you calling in. I appreciate you listening. If you're if you're listening when you're in Colorado and Wyoming, you can catch us here on Grace FM. And if you're in the Northeast, in Maryland, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania, you can catch this uh, program on Hope FM and then uh, in the South, in Kentucky, North Carolina, and Tennessee on Truth FM. So wherever the Lord takes you, uh, give yes. us a call, call from time to time. Let us know how you're doing and, uh, and uh, oh, you know, let, quick, us, uh, let us have a conversation. Yep. 30 seconds, super important to me. Uh, yep. So I picked up some guy in Oregon, and he was like a pretty blasphemous atheist, and I spent a couple of days with him. And, I got about uh, 30 seconds. Yeah, go for it. Yep. Yeah, I, I, so I cracked his shell, and I got, so mainly a lot of people that are atheists, they really just don't want to humble themselves before God. They feel like, oh, yep. why would God want to make me do that? Like, and so they don't well, wanna... I guess what's your advice for people? Because it's really, it was really hard. I mean, I was going... Yeah. With everything the Holy Spirit gave me, you know what I mean? And yep. Well, real quick, because I'm gonna get, we're gonna get cut off here. But my advice: sometimes you just pray. You know, you, yeah. you there's no more you can say. You just, just pray. God bless you, Judah. Take God care, my you, friend, God. folks. Thanks for listening to Calvary Live. Jason Vanderveer here with you. Uh, join me tonight, Calvary Chapel Parker, 7 p.m. God bless you guys. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Take care. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.